I'll, I'll know to go with the first one. I'll know to go with the first one on episode 378 of the Quarantine Cast, recorded on October 13th, 2021. There are a couple of directions we could go in for this podcast. I would like to start, though, by saying that one added bonus of uh, John Gruden uh, forcibly resigning, resigning from the Raiders in light of his rampant sexism, racism, misogyny, homophobia, etc., 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 emerging is that I found out John Gruden 2 exists. John Gruden 2? Yes. You're not you're not talking about Jay Gruden, are you? No. I am talking about if you Google John Gruden and then two Roman numerals, John Gruden's son comes oh, up. Oh, Deuce. Who goes by Deuce Gruden? And might benefit from nepotism more so than anyone else in the NFL. And that says a lot. So he's not John Gruden Jr. He's John nope. Gruden two numerals? Yes. I that's there's actually a technicality for why that is, but yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, what? There is a difference. Junior is um what's it called? When it's um I think they have the same middle name. Yeah, it's it's an identical numerals name. as if they don't have the exact same name, but they are the second with like the first and last. The second coming, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Right. Is the idea. But why why is he um such a benefit of nepotism? Um, because he is the I think the official title is strength and coordination coach. Mm-hmm. For the Raiders currently, uh, and will remain so, uh, now that his father has left the organization. Um, He was hired by his father, gets to stay on though. Prior to that, he was the strength and coordination coach for uh, whatever team Jay Gruden coached. I want to say, was it Washington? I might be confused. What? He had gotten a job in the NFL previously doing the same thing because of Jay Gruden. Mm. So, working for his You have never heard of the concept of coaching in the NFL. It's <laughs> that like these, these are that's as deep as it goes, man. Co- coaching staffs are made up entirely of people that of you've families. worked. Yeah, right. like people you've worked with before, friends, family members, shit. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you look back to the uh, Shanahan coaching tree. Yeah. You see there's Coach Shanahan. Why can't I remember the original Shanahan's first Mike. name? Yeah, Mike Shanahan. His son, Kyle, mm-hmm. who is a prominent coach in the NFL right now. But, like, when uh, Mike Shanahan was the coach of the then Washington Redskins, on that staff were um, Kyle Shanahan, his son, Kyle's group of friends made up <laughs> of Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur, and now Kyle Shanahan is the uh, head coach of the 49ers. And at one point on his staff were um, himself, his friend, uh, Sean McVay, his friend, Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's brother, Mike, and 
Matt LaFleur's best friend, Robert Sala, who is who was the defensive coordinator. Then Robert Sala became the head coach of the Jets and brought Mike LaFleur with him. Uh, it's just, they, they all fucking know each other. They're all friends. Yeah. yeah. No, this is... This is pretty tame, I'm going to be honest with you. He's an assistant strength and conditioning coach. Like, that's... Boy. And he's a jacked head coach dude. Like, he's, nope. That's kind of, like, the main qualifier he need to be a strength and conditioning coach is be fucking ripped and know how to tell other people how to be ripped. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty low on the totem pole for, like how intense the nepotism is in the NFL. I mean, I wasn't even going to bring up the fact that Deuce Gruden is 5'6", but when you tee it up like that... Is he really 5'6"? Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's a shorter guy. He's a stout dude. Yeah, but no, it's... I don't know. It's weird. He's, he's going to work for them for the rest of the season and then leave. Yeah. Like, whatever coach comes in is going to clear house, so... Mm-hmm. And hire all it's of his friends like and family. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, here, here's the thing. What happens to Mike Mayock? Because the situation with the power structure of the Raiders for a long time was really weird because Gruden, the coach, was given all of the power. Gruden hired the general manager, which is not not usually how that works. Usually the general mm-hmm. manager and the owner usually work together to find a coach. Gruden, the head coach brought in Mike Mayock as a general manager with the understanding that Gruden would have the final decision when it comes to, like, drafting and team building, which is Mm -hmm. why you got some of the decisions that were made in that organization over the last couple of years. But what happens to Mike Mayock? Mike Mayock is the general manager. He's tasked with building a team and was brought in exclusively because he was friends from John Gruden's TV days. Yeah, yeah. Like the new whoever they bring in as a new coach can clear house with the staff. They're probably not going to get the power to fire the general manager and hire a new one. So what what does the Raiders ownership do with that situation? I mean, if Mark Davis doesn't want Mike Mayock, then I'll just fire him. <laughs> I mean, I think it depends on whether or not they find any emails from Mark Mayock that were, if not expressing similar views to what John Gruden expressed, like saying stuff like. Yeah, John, get him. <laughs> you insult those gays. Good job. The NFLPA is pushing for the release of all the emails that the NFL investigated. Yeah. No, I, I get the feeling that's not going to happen, no. but we'll see. Um, um, some Schefter shit came out. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my, I put this in the voluntary viewing doc, but we can, we can talk about it here. Like, no, he just blatantly for decades had just been doing good PR for the NFL. That's, I, that's kind of the structure of what his job is, though. I mean, I, I know we ref, refer to him as, like, a reporter and a lot of those guys as reporters, and to an extent they are. But they aren't finding scoops and then releasing stories. They've built a network of connections, and they the understanding there is... They get to have those scoops and re- like be the ones to break information because those agents and you know insiders are giving him that information with the understanding that he doesn't release anything without their say-so. That he gets to keep getting that information and keep his position of power as long as they get to use him to change the narratives with things. That's why 
<clears throat> Excuse right, me. but it's when a player was, wants a release or a new contract or there's turmoil going on, he'll be told that it's okay to release that as long as the agent that is going to be able to use that to their advantage and have leverage. Right, but it's bizarre that we've accepted this as the norm. No, like, I, I when agree. People, when people made up that this was a thing that was happening in the video game industry, people got death threats over this exact level of shit. And now it's like, Adam Schefter, yeah, okay. You know, it's fine. Well, it's fun the... that he's referring to an owner as Mr. Editor. Is there any demographic <laughs> difference between Adam Schefter and the journalists <laughs> in the gaming industry? There can't be. Are, are they're, pre- they're probably the yeah. exact same. The internet they're, they're has all... no hypocrisy. Come on. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. like, I, I'm not saying that it should be a normal thing. I'm saying that everyone has always known this is how it's gone. It doesn't shock also, me Also, I think the, the internet is... I think the internet is generally, yeah, pretty up in arms about it. Okay. People who weren't familiar with that relationship are definitely like, wait, what? How does... That can't be called journalism, right? Right. Like, um... I think it was also uh, another sports air quotes reporter, Darren Rovell, who just put his full ass out on Twitter saying stuff like, come on, guys, this isn't a big deal. We all do this. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's always pretty funny. <laughs> Look, if you're going to if you're going to throw stones side. at this guy, he better bring a whole bucket so for all of us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, like all the other people can literally just say like, no, <laughs> not me. I don't do that. <laughs> like, and I mean, and like this plausible deniability, unless their emails get leaked. And I mean, like if I if I recall correctly, this wasn't even something. This wasn't like a standard press release or something more mundane, where this would still be a sketchy thing to do, but like not super consequential. Uh, consequential. This specifically related to like. Uh, the NFL lockout mm-hmm. that was happening in 2011. So he was actively taking a side as a reporter, as a journalist in this dispute and helping to do PR for the NFL rather than being fair to the players, which is unethical. Yeah. Players don't pay him. Yeah, exactly. I, and, but that, and that's the thing is that like, <laughs> correct. This all makes sense <laughs> and it's wrong. It's not a good thing. Yeah. It's but it's almost like what other system is going to happen other than this one. Like there there is no world where these independent journalists are going to get more clout than a journalist who's willing to be a shill for all these companies and get all the scoops. Mm-hmm. Like it it just will not work. So, I don't know, unless you expect all the NFL teams to just <laughs> play fair I, I then there's no way that anything other than this is going to emerge basically right. yeah man and it absolutely happens across like modern journalism oh like, sure sports journalism is pretty like quote unquote journalism but like there's shills everywhere man yeah it's 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 pretty rough out there i cannot even in my work as a writer and stuff, it's it's frustrating how many people are willing to just company gave us a press release. Let's just post that press release without adding any kind of context to yeah. it. 
I mean, because journalism we, is like that a lot of the time too. I mean, yeah. it just yeah, it's like Ryan said, it's all all journalism has that in there. But like some there industries was, are worse than others. There was that one reporter, I think from the Wall Street Journal, right? Or no, was it it might have been Bloomberg that like they just started tracing her like article history ever since Jeff Bezos took over. <laughs> um yeah, no, so it must have been the Post. Yeah, the Washington, Washington Post. Wa- yeah. WAPO That's what it was. the one that yeah. Bezos owns. Bezos took over, and then people started tracking her article history, and like, it was just so shamelessly like, hey, guys, billionaires aren't the bad guys. <laughs> like, maybe we should think about this. And it's like, WAPO opinion, and it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this, is, this is advanced shilling. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's some next-level shit, man. Yeah. Why drop shipping is more important than electric cars. <laughs> Why bald is the new full head of hair. <laughs> Why you should give your money to billionaires so that they can go to space. While the Why the penis rocket is actually really cool. Seven reasons you should have sex with an astronaut. Yes, that lower orbit qualifies as being an astronaut. Then William Shatner qualifies. Oh, boy. The mm. oldest man in space is fucking William Shatner. Why not? Because he was on Star Trek <laughs> decades ago. Why not? And he, like, doesn't really like Star Trek. No. Yeah, no. Like, Fam- famously, beneath him. Yeah, famously not a fan of Star Trek. Isn't isn't Shatner also problematic? Like, I forget. I mean, sure. Is William Shatner. Will, yeah, Will, Will, I feel like William that falls in the Shatner. same thing as Sean Connery. Yeah, like, Shatner's like, fucking yeah. 90 years old. Of course he's problematic. He's an old piece <laughs> yeah. of sh- He's an old rich actor. Like, he talks like this. How do we lose Nimoy before Shatner? But whatever. <sighs> All right. Yeah, that was what I came in here with. What, uh, I don't know, anything... Anything newsworthy from your guys' perspective, or at least conversation-worthy? Um, yeah, I don't know. Ah. I got an advertisement the other day on YouTube um, that I wrote it down on a sticky note because I thought it was so fucking weird. <laughs> okay. Um, I did not actually write down the name of the exact knife, but it was like a... Like a... It was a cooking knife. It was like it was... Um, some sort of like do it all in the kitchen knife type shit. Um, but they advertised it as for years, this knife was banned for being too sharp. <laughs> what? A, what? That's not, that's not a what? thing. There's no like ATF for kitchen knives. Um, they're like, it was banned for t- being too sharp, forged through designs made by like the minds of monks in japan you know blah blah, you know just really like look at this oriental shit um it's like it'll it'll cut through anything from fruits to meats i'm like okay (laughs) two out of the three main things knives are known (laughs) for cutting not spectacular at all (laughs) will it even cut vegetables no. Uh, maybe I don't think so. They didn't. They would have specifically mentioned vegetables. <laughs> but the 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 statement, the two statements that really got me were banned for being too sharp, <laughs> and it'll cut anything from fruit to meat. Just come on, hey, hey man, 
I'll get in on the fucking good knives. Normies can't handle this shit. You, though? You, you got this, man. I know you need this in your kitchen. I might be mistaken, but, like, dull knives are 100% more dangerous than yes. sharp knives, right? Like, absolutely. Like, there's just, at a certain point, a knife is going to be sharp, which makes it very easy to cut with. But, like, yeah, I guess could cut you. So, yeah, like, it's got to be diminishing returns. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. If it gets too sharp, it's not going to be any worse for you. Yeah. Than a normal sharp knife. This is a cut, and this is a cut made with a sharp knife. They're exactly the same, but this one was sharp. Yeah, this one was so sharp. And I think they do that with, not is it graphite, or is it, I don't know, where they sharpen it to the point where it's like, literally a micron or whatever thick. Like, you can see the individual molecules of the edge of the blade and shit. Like, it's... It's like fucked up and they're like, oh, it's so fucking sharp. <laughs> and then they like touch it to anything and it's immediately like a lot, you know, like 500% duller. Or whatever. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. a while ago I went down a YouTube rabbit hole for what I think was a canceled Spike TV show, Knife or Death. <laughs> and it was just these dudes who as a hobby would make their own knives and then compete in a knife obstacle course. <laughs> like a n- human obstacle course where they're holding knives? or uh, No, like they would go okay. to different stations and it would be like, now cut through this rope. Now see if you can <laughs> chop through a pig carcass in like three swings and stuff like that. Isn't that... Forged in Fire yeah. does that too. Uh, so I think Knife or D- Death was like the U- Knife or Death might have been like the YouTube ripoff that was really like Backyard Bayou kind of vibe. Okay. Because yeah. today I saw a clip on YouTube where it was Moist Critical watching. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was Forged in Fire or like one of those similar shows, but like just ripping on this dude because one guy made a fucking machete that passed the sharpness test and he's like man i think any knife or any blade could like cut through that thing and they went on to the next dude and it like couldn't do it he's like oh get fucking wrecked you stupid piece of shit can't even make a knife that passes the knife test fucking loser (laughs) but like i saw that today so that's weird that you went down a rabbit hole of that shit no no maybe youtube recognized that we're friends and showed me that because you were binge-watching that. Well, we know for a fact YouTube is listening into this conversation right now and can serve us ads depending on what we say. So, yeah, we- I was listening to the Anti-Donna podcast, and they made, like, what... They got to the point after, like, 100 episodes where they finally realized what their podcast was going to be about. <laughs> <laughs> the first 100 episodes, I'm not going to lie, pretty rough. Australian um, Domino CEO? Yeah, they have Don Meech in there okay. and stuff like that, and it's funny. But, like, they didn't really realize what they were as a show until, like, 100 episodes in. And, like, there's gold in those first 100, but, like, as a whole, the episodes are pretty rough. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they figured out that, oh, it's just every episode we think of, like, an improv scenario and we, like, run with it. Okay. And so in one of the episodes, it was Gordon Ramsay. Like, Mark plays Gordon Ramsay, and he just like comes into the podcast and like pretends that the podcast is a restaurant 
and like Zach and Broden are like trying to explain to him that no, it's a podcast, it's not a restaurant, but also like sometimes playing along for like the comedy. And like it's very kitchen nightmares. Like the whole thing is kitchen nightmares. And then I started getting fucking YouTube recommendations for kitchen nightmares like oh. that same day off of a parody of kitchen like I don't like kitchen nightmares. I think the show's kind of dumb and not that entertaining. But the parody of it was kind of fun, like listening to them. So then they were just like, all right, this guy's kitchen nightmares all the way. Like this Australian guy doing a really shitty Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> that's it. That's close enough for me. Like this guy's going to be into it. So yeah, come on, YouTube. Mm. Be better. But then they recommended um, a That Mitchell and Webb look uh, parody of kitchen nightmares that they did, which was pretty funny. Uh, but I like Mitchell and Webb look, and I don't like Kitchen Nightmares, so no. I don't know. That's more what it is than anything. So, yeah. also, how's YouTube allowed to just like recommend stolen stuff? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I get yeah. that it's there on YouTube, but like they'll just like recommend Family Guy compilations, and right? Stuff, and it's like they just stole all these clips. Like, how is this allowed? Yeah. That YouTube can just direct traffic here. They don't give a fuck. Oh, well. They they don't get a fuck. They they put their ads on. They don't care about the <laughs> yeah. creator. They get no. their ad money. That's fine. It's a platform. We're not responsible. God, do you guys remember back when YouTube was practically ad free? Yeah. Yeah. And then when I it started to you... be more and more ads, ad blockers still worked. <laughs> I remember when you had to partner with an MCN in order to get any revenue whatsoever. Yeah. That was fun. Then they just would kind of go away. And then those YouTube creators would be like, so I get my videos back though, right? Like I can upload all that content I made under your banner to my own channel and continue to profit from it. And they couldn't. Yeah, anything that you upload to the MCN's like hub channel Mm -hmm. was not yours, basically. Uh, Actually, I... One of a very specific YouTube series that I think other people, you guys might hate, but I enjoy Sonic for Hire, is actually in a really weird position where they got it back. I think because they made it for Machinima, and then Rooster Teeth bought a lot of those IP. So then the company behind it, Lowbrow Studios, partnered with Rooster Teeth to make another season. And then ended it, and then I think either bought the rights or somehow retained the rights to continue the series from them. It's very weird. Yeah. Did did the highlight reel guys ever get their highlight reel videos? Like, do they ever get that from Kotaku, or do they just have their videos that they've made since they went independent? Uh, so the highlight reel. Uh, no, it's just a guy. It's just Chris Kohler, I believe. But uh, he, no, he was laid off uh, as a part of the, um, uh, I, I forget who owns Kotaku and that's Media Suite now. But yeah, when they kind of cleaned house a little bit, uh, he was laid off and then, yeah, went independent with Highlight Reel. So no, he does not get those old videos made under the Kotaku banner. Damn. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can't give them those videos. They're making us money. They're profitable. <laughs> I mean, we're also going to stop making those videos. Yeah, exactly. We're going to fire his ass, but... They're not making us enough money? Uh, weird. <laughs> Fucking weird. 
But that's the internet, everyone. And thank you for listening to this episode, episode 377 of the Quarantine Cast on the internet. If you like what you heard, like, comment, subscribe, etc. Check us out on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok for highlight clips. Uh, Act blue link in the description if you want to have a collection of great progressive causes. Email us your questions, business opportunities, voluntary reviewing at gmail.com. Support us either through Patreon or the Anchor Podcast platform. Stay up to date by following us on Twitter at V2 underscore podcast. And follow me at Lucas DeWriter on Twitter to keep up with all of my writing. Halfway through the week, everyone. Good luck getting through the rest of it. Mm-hmm.